This is the Life Truth Network. Quest for our truth. Episode 462. Quest for Truth. Presented by Protectorate Productions and HPN, Heltsley Podcast Network. Now located at life-truth.com. And now, here are your hosts. If these guys were in the woods, squirrels would drag them up a tree. Keith Heltsley and Nathan Caldwell. Hey everybody, this right. This is Keith, and it's time for Quest for Truth. And hey, we are live in the studio today. Uh, we have myself here and our wonderful uh, co-host Nathan Caldwell. Hey, hey, hey. had a, a chance that we could schedule a recording, so this is us. And we have a special topic to get into uh, in just a moment. A little bit of. Uh, cases of taking scripture out of context and superstitions and uh, the, all that kind of category of things. And we'll do that right after a quick word from our fellow podcasters on the Christian Podcast Community. And we'll play some other promos right now. Thoroughly Equipped is part of Striving for Eternity's Christian Podcast Community. Striving for Eternity is a Christ-centered ministry focused on equipping people for eternity by assisting Christians to have an eternal perspective on life. They strive to bring evangelism, discipleship, apologetics, and Christian living together for the purpose of eternal preparation by exalting God, edifying and equipping the saints, and evangelizing the lost. They provide speakers, online articles, online courses, books, podcasts, and other theological resources, all centered on God's Word. To find out more, go to strivingforeternity.org. And to listen to other podcasts, go to podcast.strivingforeternity.org. I pray that their resources bless you as they have blessed me as we live our lives day by day, praising and glorifying God. Parenting isn't about us. In fact, parenting isn't even about our kids. Parenting is just one way Christian dads and moms are to worship God. So welcome to the Truth Love Parent Podcast, where we train dads and moms to give God the preeminence in their parenting. I'm your host, A.M. Brewster, and today we bring our biblical parenting essentials. If you've ever wanted to have me visit your local church, your school, camp, some ministry of some kind, or home even, to speak on how God would have us to parent our kids or any other family topics, please visit truthloveparent.com and click on the speaking tab. And please, of course, share this whole series on your favorite social media outlets so that other Christian parents can mature in their parenting. Subscribe to the show and follow it for weekly encouragement. And if you and or your family need some specialized and individualized help, please write to us at counselor at truthloveparent.com or leave a voicemail at 828-423-0894. Listen, I love you more than you realize. I love your family equally, and I'm honored to be invited to serve you at this important time in your life. So Lord willing... I'll see you soon.
Truth Love Parent is part of the Evermind Ministries family and is dedicated to helping you worship God through your parenting. So join us next time as we study God's Word to learn how to parent our children for life and godliness. And remember that TLP is a listener-supported ministry. You can visit truthloveparent.com forward slash donate to learn more. Ding dong! Jehovah's Witnesses. Ding! Dong! Mormons! Christian, are you ready to defend the faith when false religions ring your doorbell? Do you know what your Muslim and Jewish friends believe? You will if you get Andrew Rappaport's book, What Do They Believe? When we witness to people, we need to present the truth, but it is very wise to know what they believe, and you will get Andrew Rappaport's book at whatdotheybelieve.com. Main topic. Hey, main topic. Here we go. And uh, you had a main topic for us to talk about. Yeah. The literal dangers of taking scripture out of context. <clears throat> now, this is something you said your wife saw. So is, is My she wife make a, came is, across. Is she going to be a special guest on our show today, too? No, she's oh. a <laughs> But she she likes the ticket talk. I'm not a fan of the ticket talk, but she likes the ticket talk. Oh yeah. And uh, uh, one of the things she saw was these videos with these snake handlers. And you know we're we're looking at this why in the world you know. Of course they give this passage of scripture. So, and it's so she's trying to nudge you to, to take on a new church to be the pastor at one of these snake handling places. <laughs> no, uh, it, no, it'd be like it'd be like Ray Stevens. What's the matter, boy? Don't you believe? I believe. All right, I believe. I'll leave. Yeah, really. <laughs> but yeah, I thought about cutting you off there. I said to get it, get that in there. Does, does you ever hear that song, <laughs> Ray Stevens? Yeah, the night that me and Doris went running through the forest. I don't know if I have. I I may yeah. have. He said, we started making tracks when they broke out the Diamondbacks, scared the oh. devil out of poor old Doris and me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah, not my, not my kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, you're going to say something. Sorry. Yes. Uh, they used the passage out of Mark 16. Let's start with 15. He said to them, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Now you notice baptism is tied to salvation, but it isn't salvation. Right. Um, I just recently uh, listened to somebody who was talking about this probably it may have been from the Christian podcast community. Yes, yes, it was. It was, uh, was it either, uh, I think it was Apologetics Live with Andrew Rappaport. Mm -hmm. He was talking about, uh, he called them watershed issues, which was, did you hear this? Uh, I think I did. That does ring a bell because they made a pun about watershed and water baptism and the sprinkling yeah. and so forth. Yeah. He said, he said back, back in the day, if you weren't willing to be baptized, they questioned your salvation because why would you not identify with the one you claim to follow? Right. 
And so, I mean, so it's and, not and the, literally for centuries that was the kind of the gold right. standard of how and, they and, determined. And Andrew said in the Middle East now, in the Muslim countries, that still is the case that if you are not willing to publicly get baptized and put your life on the line by doing it, then they question your salvation. So I, I say all that to say this is a baptism does not say, um, but what it does is it shows evidence that you have been saved. Your willingness right. to obey. We, we had a, a, a brief discussion on this in a Sunday school <laughs> class recently. And what, what I to kind of let people know is like, well, look, you know, John the Baptist baptism was about repentance. You you came to be baptized because you, know, you were a Jew. You knew what your sins were. You knew what the law was, and you knew you had to repent. Mm-hmm. And your heart was changed. Therefore, you were baptized. Now, then later, when Christ came on the scene, well, the baptism now meant your heart was changed because you believe He's the Messiah. Right. It was, it was a very parallel, you know, symbolism there. It says, but notice in the last part, it says. And he, he that doesn't believe will be condemned. doesn't say he that isn't baptized will be condemned. He right. that doesn't believe. But if you believe, then the chances are, unless something comes up and you can't, you're going to be baptized. Not for right. salvation. Now, that is not what I'm talking about today. But with a blatant passage like that and how that sounds to a lot of people, I wanted to make that clear. Verse 17 is where the snake handlers get their little inspiration. Yeah, and let me just interject real quick. When it comes to this section of Mark 16, like after after like the first few verses, like Mark 9 or something, it's widely known, it's been widely known for decades or even centuries that there's a longer ending of Mark and a shorter ending of Mark. Now, the received text or the text of Receptus has the longer ending, and this is why it's so popular. But you have to consider that it's longer because it doesn't appear in the earlier texts, and it, it, it very well could be that a scribe at some point tacked it on, just tacking on a commentary to the end of the book. And therefore, it's not that the teaching in it is bad, but it's, to me, not as trustworthy. And I and it's something I that, I, I, that, I, that I would not base uh, important theology on. <laughs> such I, as, I, have heard, I have heard a reasoning that is at least worth consideration. It's one consideration, that, just like the the the, the woman um, caught in adultery. It doesn't appear in all in all the older texts. It moves around from various codexes, uh, but so, but the thing is, it still is important that Jesus taught to you know forgive but don't condone. Right. You know, uh, regarding regarding the Textus Receptus and. Uh, where where you find that it it's, it seems older past the oldest passages you find, or and the more plentiful passages you find don't have such and such in it. One side of the argument was that those were the passages that had it in there were the ones that were used, 
and therefore the ones that weren't used is what's left. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but it was an argument well, that I had heard. And, and along you know, that line, just because the older existing text doesn't have that in there doesn't mean it couldn't have been there. Right. It's just the pages got decayed and worn or torn and, and missed. Uh, it could be that. Uh, and, and so this is why I, I don't discount it. Right. Uh, but whenever you don't have the early support, it's like, well, there's there's really no theology that's in the longer passage of Mark that you can't get from other places. So even if it's not there, then it's not a huge change. You don't to lose the whole theology. Lot. Yeah. But and the things that are, that are there, it, you have to consider that assuming that it was a later scribe, yeah, they may have been you know, doing commentary and pulling scripture like a cross reference to what Paul would have right. wrote. And it could be that it, it was well meaning and, it's, it, and there's a good sound reason for it. And so I'm just really cautious about developing a theology that's going to be like, oh, kiss a snake theology. Well, <laughs> you know, I don't know what the deal is with 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 the end of the longer books or whatever. But as far as making a theological point over certain issues, um, well, this is a mistake that has been made by this group of people. Because here's what the passage says, verse 17. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now, that's a litany of things. That's not just yeah, snake there's, five, there's five items there. There's the... And every one of them happened. Now, let me use a phrase that has been used many times, and I am not the originator of it. These five items are descriptive, not right. prescriptive. Exactly. I mean, everything in the Bible is descriptive. Yes, it, but it what I'm saying is... It describes things, but, but not everything in the Bible is prescriptive, meaning right. this is what you must do. But Jesus didn't tell them, go do this. He told them, this is going to happen. Right. Because I was telling my wife, if, if everything in the Bible is prescriptive, as people who believe this ties to the snake handling, then why don't we all go out and have 900 wives like Solomon? Right. Uh, why don't we kill our brother like Cain? Okay Cain did to Abel, you know. <laughs> Well, there would be a lot more murders, but I don't know that it would be the husbands murdering the wives. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this, too. I'm tired of this, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's one thing. is is it, it, it says it would happen, but Jesus didn't say, now I want you guys to go out. And, and, and test yourself by handling snakes. It, it, he didn't say that. What he said was, you will pick up snakes and they won't hurt you. But there's another thing. Who's he talking to? Now, we know that believers back then 
could do this. How do we know? Well, we know at least the apostles could because uh, Paul was bitten by one and it didn't hurt him. Right, and that's another scripture that they take out of context for these snake handling churches. Like we, I mentioned, I think, before you hit the record button, that's not a command. God did not command Paul, place your hand in the fire and grab the serpent. No, he well, just happened to be carrying the wood, and he happened to have gotten bit, and God right. happened to protect him. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't but, a promise beforehand. It was maybe a promise after the fact, you might say. But the thing is, is these things weren't meant as something to do in worship service. These things were meant as before scripture was completed, certain evidence needed to show that these people were speaking the truth or that these people were truly converted. And so Jesus said, here are the signs that you will see. Um, however, he didn't say that would go on forever. And, and even at that time, he didn't say, you're going to have all five of these signs. Oh, that's true. You, you, you may testify. You can testify about how you've been changed when you got saved. That's something everybody should be able to do. But the other signs, like the serpents and the demon right. casting out, those are things, those are you know, those have ceased. Uh, in fact, uh, Andrew Rappaport and others have done a lot of podcasts lately on cessationism. Uh, they're worth listening to. You can find them, check them out. Um, they've ceased. Uh, they no longer exist. At least not in the form the Bible talks about. You have a lot of showmanship and charlatans yeah. out there thinking they do. Mm. But here we have, back to present day, a group of people that take the scripture and Keith, people have died. Oh yeah, people have died, and then and then and then they keep going and doing it still. I mean, not the dead guys, of course. But... <laughs> that would be a neat trick. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Well, when I, I prior to you bringing the topic up, I I have known about the snake handling thing for a long time. Not a lot about it. So I looked it up on the internet. This perused through a few articles and the first one I pulled up it said something like Appalachian Pentecostal churches I'm like okay there's a problem right there Pentecostal uh, I mean I I have a lot of Pentecostal friends they're great people I, I believe that they are, are Christians but not everything Pentecostals have in their theology is correct and they're too they're too borderline superstitious uh, on certain things uh, and you know, come, come to the snakes and others that's, that's that category yeah you know you know the biggest problem there is i think and i think that it's been covered in the christian podcast community by andrew and justin peters and and probably more uh is that these people don't believe in the sufficiency of scripture they don't believe that the bible is all you need for life in Christ today. Um, they think that you need prophecies and, 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 and 
a word signs of God. and wonders. <laughs> I got a word from and, God for you today, Nate. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell, tell you. Tell me what, what passage is from. <laughs> it's from see, the second, uh, second book, book of Keith on the verse 39, chapter 3. There we go. I'm still reading Jude 4, <laughs> so hold on. Yeah. I'm still reading Jude 4. Uh, I'm, I'm stuck on Jude 2. Oh, I got all laughy and forgot what I was going to say. But that's all right. The point you know, is they don't. Well, they need they need to have these signs and the word from God on top of the scripture. Yeah. Now I don't know that they that they necessarily believe that, but they don't discount that, and so they allow. This guy says he has a word from God. This guy's talking in tongues. Right. This guy's kissing a snake and not dying. Hey, that must be God there. Well, sometimes, maybe, most of the time, it's either you know showmanship or pride or, uh, you know, look what well, I can do. <laughs> here's the thing. When you take passages out of context, we've already seen people have physically died. Now, I'm going to tell you there's another danger. People go into hell because the Bible's being taken out of context. Because people are teaching baptism or or some other ordinance, Lord's Supper, or I don't know, you name it now. Will, will you put a false hope of salvation on something that's not? For, you know, salvation is all about Christ. Christ died on the right. cross. That's where it comes from. But I, I ha I'm afraid that some of these people in some of these churches, like, hey, I picked up the snake, I handled it, and I, I didn't die. It bit me, and even I didn't die. Look, that's the sign. This is my sign. I'm good. Uh, well, no, uh, that's a neat showmanship trick, but that's not what saves you. <laughs> but you might want to bandage your hand. It looks a little swollen. Yeah, you know, I mean, not every snake bite kills you, but doesn't mean it doesn't affect you. And uh, here, here's something to burst their bubble too. Again, superstition. Uh, there have there are zoology people in the Appalachians who have gone to these snake handling places, or they recover snakes that have been in these churches, they and they used... find out that they're mis treated in that mm -hmm. they have no food in their cage their cage is, is like four snakes in a cage built for one uh there, <sighs> there is no fecal matter which means they're not being fed right and what they say when you have a snake that is malnourished and dehydrated even if they bite you their venom might not be poisonous at all because and they so don't have the nutrients right and so, therefore, wow. no wonder you can get bit and still live. It's not God. It's because you you malnourished your snake. <laughs> mm. so it's That's a, interesting. Yeah. But, you know, taking the Bible out of context is very, very dangerous. People will get sick. People will die. People will go to hell, which is worse than physical death by any stretch. Um, you've got all these superstitions. You've got, I don't know, you name it. And it's all because somebody took a passage of Scripture and applied it where it wasn't supposed to be applied. Yeah. 
and that goes for your tongues. That goes for you, which, which, by the way, they take a word from the King James that wasn't even in the original text. Hmm. Am I not? Am, is am I not right? Do they not kind of harp on the word unknown there? Um, unknown tongues. There's a few explanations that they give to justify that, and again, a recent. Uh, a podcast that Andrew Rappaport did it was like just last week on this Thursday one. He he actually had a video of a guy. I can't think of what the name of his podcast is, but he defended you know this this is why I believe in tongues and uh, and Andrew of course uh, tore it apart. Right, and I think he did a good job at exposing that. But part of what they say is well, it, it does say in Acts two that they spoke and they heard them in their own language so he was trying to justify and say oh yeah i i they get the congas about what you hear and then he talked about how he had a portuguese woman come to him i thought you were talking in portuguese i heard you in my own language i thought okay um i know a little bit about how that works and the way he described it isn't the way that kind of a gift would work right <laughs> Uh, but they do try to justify it in those kind of ways. And like Andrew did, he he did go to the text and say, look, here it, the word is, you know, glossé or the, right. here the word is lalio, here the word is. And he described what each of those words mean and how they're used and how they got really mistranslated by the King James in some cases. Not that they were, were really mistranslated, but by today's understanding correct the english language has changed right yep definitely which is why i'm okay with new translations i know there's kjv only crowds and kjv is fine i like the kjv but there's times when you have to not only translate the original into the kjv but then you have to translate kjv into what does it mean now you uh what well, never never translate a translation for your translation no and and, <laughs> and all the and that's what they say all the modern ones are translations of a translation well no they're not because every translation that has come out uh, the has original gone, gone right to original texts and you so and so they're they're all you know one step off of the of the text are not like five steps away. Right. Now, what, whenever I take notes, I often refer to the KJV, uh, the NASB, uh, and the other ones. Uh, in fact, I have a parallel thing set up on my old MacBook. I don't use it much anymore. But I think, by had, the way, it had like five or six things in parallel, and I just look at them right there. Oh, right across the line, this says right. this. And what I was reading from, by the way, a while ago was New King James uh, for copyright reasons or what have you. Um, but I'll tell you something else I've been reading through um, uh, Costi Hen's book, uh, God, Greed, and the Prosperity Gospel, I think is the title of it. Uh, highly recommend it. I haven't finished it yet, but I highly recommend it. Uh, Costi is the nephew of Benny Hen. And he, for the longest time, was in 
that lifestyle. As a matter of fact, he worked in that ministry. But then slowly he began to see something's wrong here. But one of the things he says that they will do is they will take scripture out of context, especially like passages like touch not mine anointed, which they will use if somebody wants to disagree with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, that, that's out of context because that verse in Hebrews, as I recall, is where it's at, is talking about a, a good shepherd who is rightly trying to lead their flock. And you're not supposed to go against that. But there are such things as bad preachers out there. Yeah. And you would are within your right to step up to them. <laughs> there are even good there are even such things as good intentions, wrong preachers. <laughs> oh. Um there are good men who need to learn different, you know? Yeah, and it's these for example, with the, the snake handling type of uh, theology. You know, it's again. I, I got a lot of Pentecostal friends, uh, and I don't doubt that they're saved. But if they start talking about how great talking in tongues is. None of them I know it's handle snakes, but it, it's not that they're not saved. But they have teachings that are not right, and it's not that they're heretics. It's just that they've been taught wrong, and they keep following that wrong teaching and if you go to the scripture and you say look this is what it says this is not what you're doing this and you're trying to shoehorn that scripture into it look at the whole passage and you'll find out that it doesn't it's not even the same thing and oh, what uh, is that called there's there's it's out of context yeah but, read a bible verse which is, is great oh so. yes but <laughs> But I'm trying to think of what you call that when somebody takes point texting, proof texting, yeah. proof texting. That's it. It's when you take a take a scripture it's, and it's like, this is this is what I believe, and I'm going to find a scripture to support it. Exactly. That, that's proof texting. You, you, start you have to start you don't... with the scripture, and you say, "Oh, I, this is what it says." Right. You have to start with scripture. You can't start with your own preconceived. Uh, I I yeah. saw. A guy file on Facebook. He he occasionally does these cute, uh, you know, jokey things, and he says, you know, Noah's Ark was built by two by twos. Ha 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 ha. I thought, yeah, I, 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 hey, that's a that's a I funny. Did, I know who did that. It was uh, James. James, yeah. But no, it's a a joke, it, it's a, it's a cute joke. But honestly, I, I know I know of somebody. I don't know them personally, but they got offended because they read the Bible and they found out that the Bible lies. It said Noah took some animals by seven. Everyone knows it's been it's always two by two. Oh my goodness! So they took like, their wait a minute. You, this is a, a blatant example of you've been taught wrong. Now it's a it's a it's a you know, nice little jingle for a kid's song, two by two into the ark, whatever. <laughs> But the truth is, you were taught wrong, right. or you you didn't hear when the teacher said he took clean animals seven by seven. Right, because you had to have one to sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. And you had and you, want, you, and, and would you want had more later. You had you know three pairs of animals to make more animals with. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so, but the thing is, you can be either taught wrong or you don't catch the full teaching 
and you have a presumptive right. thing in your head, and then whenever you go to the Bible, say, "Oh my gosh, the Bible says this. I was always taught that," and then you cling to what you were taught to and right. cast That's aside right. the Bible. Now the problem is firmly on you because now you're doing this thing about proof texting where I'm only going to believe what I want to believe when the Bible <laughs> says different. I'm no longer going to believe. You put yourself in a lot of danger. You're deconstructing your faith and you know, whatever. You, you have to. The Bible says this, and stick with that. <laughs> yep. It's it's dangerous to. Well, messing with the Bible is dangerous anyway. Read the read Revelation. Confirmation bias is another way to put that. The proof texting. I, I have my own biases. Yes. I'm only going to apply enough to confirm what I already believe. Right. Yeah. I'm going to put my blinders on for everything else. That's right. And brother, that may be all I've got. All right. Well, uh, that's fine because I got things to do. I know you got things to do, and it's always nice to be able to sit no, down and have a personal in-person chat and stuff. So we'll have to find some more topics to talk about. All right. Don't handle any snakes while I'm gone. Yeah. All right. <laughs> The good news is Striving for Eternity would love to come to your church to spend two days with your folks teaching them biblical hermeneutics. That's right, the art and science of interpreting scripture. The bad news is somebody attending might be really upset to discover Jeremiah 2911 should not be their life verse. To learn more, go to strivingforeternity.org to host a Bible interpretation made easy seminar in your area. Andrew Rappaport's Rap Report is a podcast providing biblical interpretations and applications. It is a ministry of striving for eternity and part of the Christian podcast community. We provide a biblical view of cultural events, discuss how to apply God's word to the Christian life, address issues that concern the church, and we even take some time to offer a correct understanding of those commonly misinterpreted passages of scripture. You will hear from great guests like Justin Peters, Todd Friel, Jay Warren Wallace, and Gabe Hughes. Andrew has the Rap Report Daily, which is a two-minute Monday through Friday podcast, and then the longer Rap Report podcast for more content. Subscribe to both today by searching for Rap Report on any podcast app, spelled R-A-P-P, report, or click the podcast link at strivingforeternity.org. Are you just watching? Do you enjoy watching movies? The special effects, the interesting characters, the great stories. There's a lot to enjoy that comes out of Hollywood. But sometimes it's best to approach secular media with a healthy dose of critical thinking. Join me, E. Franklin. And Tim Martin. As we discuss our favorite movies. And share critical thinking for the entertained Christian. So visit areyoujustwatching.com to subscribe. And don't just watch. All right, Brian, that is the end of our show. Uh, I do uh, want to just make a real quick blurb uh, before we sign off, and that is we are working on another Dangerous Christian episode. Yeah, so I don't know where we are exactly in the production. I know there's probably a lot of lines left to get in, but we are starting to get some progress on that. Now, uh, there Keep is some casting that. changes. Mm-hmm. Um, sadly, Michael Prince is just too busy. To, to do it anymore. 
Um, and also, uh, Tiffany Lott is no longer doing, she's doing swords still, but she's not doing Sheila anymore. So we will have to get a third actor to play Sheila now. I, I um, have an idea. Somebody you could ask. We'll talk to that. That's why we stop recording. <laughs> I have asked. Yeah, I have asked somebody, but I don't know whether they will uh, accept it or not. Right. But my cousin Clayton Caldwell, who also wrote uh, for the Blackwater stuff for Crimson Garnet, he he is playing uh, Dan Christian now. Wow. Um, good. But anyway, I just wanted to give a quick blurb to that, let people know we are working on it. It's getting closer. Um, and so stay tuned and watch out for that. But for now, that's all we got. This is your host, Keith, signing off. Thanks for listening. See you next week. And hey, look, here comes Anthony Russo, and he'll tell you all about how to contact us on the interwebs. Visit life-truth.com, where you can find all our shows. Leave a message or call our voicemail number at 401-753-4844. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash life truth page. Follow us on Twitter at HPNCast, capital H, capital P, capital N, capital C, A-S-T. Everything Nathan Caldwell does can be found at facebook.com forward slash protectors of the book. Music in the show is used by permission of Kevin Zerby at zerbinator.wordpress.com. May God richly bless you. May you find everything you need. And if you don't know Jesus, your greatest need is a savior. Thanks for listening.